You are the foundation of your family. You are the firm footing they build their lives on. You carry a glorious burden and you never dream of laying it down. You carry it with joy and gratitude. You show up even when you don't feel like it. You lead, serve, love, and protect. You are a father. This is the Dad Work Podcast, where men are forged into elite husbands and fathers by learning what it takes to become harder to kill, easier to love, and equipped to lead. Get ready to start building the only legacy that truly matters, your family. Welcome to the Dad Work Podcast. My name is Kurt Storing, your host and the founder of Dad Work. I am joined today by Ben Barker, otherwise known as the Neighborhood Alpha Dad. Guys, this guy is so funny on Instagram. If you don't follow him already, go check him out at Ben Barker Fitness. You'll see what I mean. But this conversation is both extremely actionable and high level at the same time. We talk about why it's important for a dad to be strong for his wife and kids. We've talked about that before, but guys, it is so important and Ben breaks it down in a very simple, actionable way for us. We talk about the power of routine and resistance, how Ben made the leap from his career to becoming an entrepreneur, the importance of intensity and consistency in fitness training, why regret is one of the most powerful motivators to do better, the most underrated, underutilized exercise in existence, and how you can use it in your own fitness program and a ton of actual workout nutrition tips. Ben goes over his morning routine and everything he does in there. And look, this is a man after my own heart with his intensity, with his routine, with the times that he wakes up, with the things that he does as a content creator and an entrepreneur and a father. He's got four kids. So he's living the life and getting things done while staying fit, while staying grounded in truth and what's real and important to him. He is a fitness coach out of central Arkansas who helps men gain lean muscle and lose body fat. As I said, you guys probably heard him on Instagram, Neighborhood Alpha Dad, where he inspires men to get strong and lead their family well. So guys, we're going to jump into this. If you have not, just before we get into it, if you have not yet joined our Elite Dad Challenge, it is a free 10-day challenge that's going to give you 10 free emails over the course of 10 days that are going to give you challenges to do every single day that if you do them, if you take action, because action is the antidote to average and apathy and everything else that starts with A, action. If you do these things, you cannot help but become a better man, husband, and father. These are the literal things that I do myself. These are what I run my clients through. They are going to be given to you so that you can start doing the work on your time right now to become that elite dad in your household. So go to dad.work slash challenge. That's dad.work slash challenge. If you want to sign up for that, just get the emails. What's the worst that can happen? I show up and like start spamming you. I'm, I'm not going to do that. What's the point? Obviously, it's just going to be valuable stuff. So go to dad.work slash challenge if you need to become a better man, husband, and father today for the future of your family. Because guys, the only legacy that really matters is how much your family loves each other and loves you and trusts you. It doesn't matter if you have your name on a building and a university. Nobody cares about that. It's how much do you guys love each other? Are you hard to kill and easy to love? Or are you just the opposite of that? Are you easy to kill and hard to love like so many of us are? So that's where I was from, guys. That's why I created all this stuff here so that you guys can suffer slightly less than me and uh, for hopefully less time because, man, I almost lost it all and I hope you guys do not do that. Do not follow me 
in my misery, but follow me in my progress and my hope from terrible husband and father to great husband and father. So that all being said, data what work slash challenge, head over there. And right now we're going to listen to this podcast with Ben Barker. Let's go. <laughs> anyway, you're not wearing the hat. I assume you're wearing the short shorts though. I've got the short shorts on for sure. <laughs> of course, dude. I am in the market for some new short shorts. Uh, that is such a flex. And we'll just start here. <laughs> dude, thank you for coming on. I'm pumped to have you, Ben, on the uh, Dadwork podcast. And guys, if you're not following Ben, first of all, like literally pause this. And what's your Instagram handle? Ben Barker Fitness. Dude, go, go to Instagram, find Ben Barker Fitness, and just understand this is peak fatherhood masculinity. <laughs> like, it is the funniest stuff and the best stuff. And dude, it's actually so encouraging. So maybe we'll just start there. Like, what, what, is, what is it that you do and what are you trying to do for dads and why is that important? Man, I think it's important for dads to be strong. Like, I feel like that got lost along the way sometime, like with like the popularization of like, the dad bod, like making it Ugh. cool to be like skinny fat and like it was okay. And it's not like, I think you have, um, it's a priority as a father to be strong for your wife and for your kids. And so I kind of started doing it in a funny way and it kind of accidentally took off. And so I was like, Hey man, let's just run with it. Nice man. And so that, that's so interesting. I hey, to just say straight out dad bod ain't okay. Cause I dude, that I think was the post of mine that got me shadow banned very first time. I said, dad bods aren't okay. And that a real man can bench press his wife and outrun his kids. And I literally got like a, a warning for that because it's not okay. But what, what do you think about them? And why do you think it's not okay for us to have standards for dads? Cause I think it's important, but we're in the minority. Have you thought about like why it is so low standard? Man, I don't know why the bar got set so low, you know, cause I joke recently, I was like, you know, if you lift weights like three times a week, like you're probably the alpha dad in your neighborhood. <laughs> it's like the bar is very low. It doesn't take a lot, but man, like, as you know, like as a male, testosterone is huge right? In like your drive, your energy, how you sleep at night, everything. And when you're not lifting weights and you're not challenging yourself and your testosterone's low, I just don't think you're performing the way like nature intended. Yeah. And then your wife and kids suffer. 100%. Because like, I, I know the difference personally. Like I've, I've been doing that, you know, F around itis, they call it at the gym for like 10 years. Yeah. And only within the last couple have I tried, you know, I was doing, trying to get some strength up. Then I was with superhuman fathers, got super lean. And now I'm trying to build some strength again, but there's a massive difference when you feel unstoppable and you're like, Oh dude, I've got energy for days. Like come at me world. And I notice for me, and you tell me if I'm wrong for, for you, but like you can do so much more for your wife and kids, right? Yes. 100%. And like I, I've said this one recently as well. It's like any given time, you should be able to pick up your wife and carry her over the threshold. And I guarantee she will like it. Like as long as you don't like hit her head on the post, like walking through the door. But I thought it was really funny, Kurt, the other day, um, a girl commented on my post and she was like, I'm married to my neighborhood alpha dad. And she's like, I don't care what women say. They're lying if they say they like the dad bod. Dude, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I hear this all the time. And there's so many like cultural things that women like DM me as well. Yeah. And they're the same thing. It's like no to the dad bod. Yes, I want dad to lead all this kind of stuff. But man, I want to do like a couple things here. Like I said, I want to get into the specifics of the fitness because it's not every day, you know, you're listening to podcasts, whatever. I can literally ask you as a trainer, Hey, what do I do, man? <laughs> like, yeah. give me, give me some tips because that's sweet for the guys. Um, but I also want to do, like I said, the, like leadership and fatherhood and like that kind of stuff, because I think it often 
reflects internally how you're feeling external or how you're looking externally. And so I immediately have at least a baseline of trust that you're consistent elsewhere too. And that's an interesting point of being fit is you just have this baseline of trust because you at least can keep your word and do hard things. So maybe let's just start at the top. When I say like leading your family, what is your family like? How many kids you got, first of all? And like, do you actively feel like you're taking steps to lead them and maybe just go into like what leadership, family leadership looks like to you? Yeah, for sure. So wife, four kids, man, super blessed, great family. And I was fortunate to any of you young guys out there, like the biggest like life hack, I know it's kind of been demonized hacks, but it's like marry a good woman and it makes life so much better (laughs) and easier um, just to have a teammate like that. Uh, Man, I I think it starts with like the little things and like I I get up at the same time every day and I don't hit the snooze button. I'm up before my kids. Like my kids have have never woken me up unless it was for a bad dream in the night. And, you know, like I think working out and working on your physical health, but then it also bleeds into all the other areas. Like, you know, I talk a lot about faith, family, fitness, finances, and freedom. And I think when you're hitting the nail on the head on all five of those is when things get really good. And when you get consistent in one area, I think it becomes easier to get consistent in all of the areas. Yeah. And one of the things I noticed was like the more disciplined I was physically, the more disciplined I could be like spiritually, honestly, like the, the temptations of the flesh, so to speak are way easier to conquer in my experience when I'm building discipline fitness-wise. Have you found that like discipline follows from this fitness thing? 100%. And I think as like as men or maybe even anybody, it's like when you can grasp, like when you finally understand like in fitness to get very, very fit, it takes resistance, right? It's not going to be easy. And then I think you can learn that in every other area. Like to grow in your faith takes resistance to have a better marriage with your wife, like takes resistance. Like if you have a good relationship with your wife and your kids and anybody that does will tell you, like, it's not all like, you know, sunshine, rainbows and unicorns. Like it's tough and there's tough conversations, but you have to get through that resistance in order to get to the good stuff. And I just think fitness makes it easier to understand that in other aspects of life. Totally. And what are the things that you're doing with your kids fitness wise? Like, is this like I said, it's like this leadership idea, right? So you're, they're seeing you presumably as like, be like dad, but are you bringing them in? Like, how old are they? And what could, what are you doing with them to like teach them this path? So I've got an eight year old, a seven year old, a four year old, and then a four month old. And so the eight, the seven, and the four year old, um, we work out every single week, but I've made it a point like I'm really into it and I love it. And so I don't want to be that dad who's like living vicariously through my children. So I'm trying to teach them. It's not an everyday thing. Um, I make them exercise like organized twice a week. And then the other times is just like active play. Like I get outside and play with my kids and go for a walk and ride scooters and bikes. But twice a week, I make them do a very simple workout. And initially they would kind of complain like, oh, not again. But now they just know Every Tuesday and every Thursday we go down into my garage gym and I just take them through like a, it's like, it's like 15 minutes. It's so simple, but I'm just trying to teach them the basics. I'm like, guys, like, I know it's annoying sometimes and you don't want to do this, but like one day when you get into sports and you realize that you've got a leg up on other kids and that you're stronger and that you're faster, I think you're going to appreciate this. And like, sometimes like you just have to do hard things. Yeah. 
Exactly. What better way to like force that? And and again, like I really like the the two days a week because I was talking to Jason Kalipa said the same thing. He's um, a big CrossFit guy. And he said, came on the podcast. And for me, I'm like, I don't know, man, like you fitness dudes, are you like all in with the kids all the time? And he's like, man, we just go super simple, like maybe once or twice a week. And if they want to come more awesome and it's like, oh, Matt, that's actually really good because I know for me, when I'm into something, I'm like, okay, kids, guess your life's about to change because you're doing exactly what I want. And it's like, <laughs> that's not always the right way to do it. Yeah. Uh, but how are you like supporting the things that they want to do in that? Is it just, is it just play, man? 100%. Okay. And I heard something, I talked about this with a guy on, on podcast yesterday that really changed the way I parent. It said like when your kids are really young, sometimes they don't know how to say like I'm stressed or I'm anxious. They'll typically just say, dad, will you play with me? Mm. And that bro, that changed the way I parented like big time. Cause you know what it's like, man, when you get busy and you're hustling and you're trying to build something for your family, it's easy when you're like, Hey, you know, give me, give me 15 minutes. And then 15 minutes turns into an hour and a half of work, you know? Yep. <laughs> and so man, like, and I think one of the biggest things for my boys that I've made a big deal is like, sometimes they'll ask me like, Hey dad, can I watch TV? And I'm like, wrestle me. And if, if you pin me, <laughs> you can watch TV. And I, and I'll end up letting them pin me after a while, right. As a joke. But like, I think like wrestling with your kids and doing like physical stuff like that. And it's like, one, it's, it, you're tricking them to exercise Two, you're, you're teaching them to be strong and like how to defend themselves. And then man, just like, um, in a non weird way, uh, like physical touch with your kids is important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was one of the things that, um, was almost like the last thing for me to learn that was most impactful in the same sort of sense was like my dad never wrestled with me. And so I, I didn't have any brothers, but I remember doing that with like some friends, you know, six, seven, eight years old. And then like, maybe not whatever, but with my boys, they're always like, Hey, can we do that? Like game we play like keep away. Right. So I'll grab a, a pillow yeah. and then like hide it and they'll have to get it. And like, they love that. And it's just that messing around thing. But to put that before screen time, dude, like we did this thing where, you know, you want screen time, you got to sit down, take some deep breaths, be appreciative of what's going on, say some gratitude. So you're actually focused on what's real. And then, you know, you can have a little bit, but yeah. that physical thing, hundred percent stealing that. I appreciate that big time. And that's something everyone can do. So yeah. yeah, man, what, um, what else are you looking for in terms of like leading your family in terms of like, th there's a day to day, obviously, and the consistency and stuff like that. But do you, have you sat down and like planned out where you guys want to go? Um, like in terms of family, what are your goals with parenting? What are your goals with marriage? Is that something that you've taken the time to like actively pursue? Man. So I, I had a, a real job for a long time, right? I say a real job, like a nine to five. And I was so focused on building stuff for other people. Um, in the last like 16, 18 months since I quit my job and went completely on my own has been one of the greatest learning experiences I've ever done. And it, it, guys, if you have an opportunity to do that in some way, like I realize you have to provide for your family and that's very important, but, um, it's been a huge growing experience for my family. It's been an opportunity, uh, for me to talk to them about finances. You know, I had a wonderful father, bro, like, uh, like about as good as it gets. But one thing that we, we never talked about finances growing up. Like they obviously didn't teach us about finances in school either for whatever reason. Yeah. And so like I've gotten like a four-year education in the last 15 months and it's been a great opportunity to talk to my kids about, hey, this is why I'm doing this at this time. Like this is how I pay for the house, um, X, Y, and Z. And it's, it's been a great learning experience and talking about like financial goals with my family and my wife. 
man, that's, that's so important to find these like little opportunities and just be open to the conversations. But I was actually, that's like one of the things I was curious about is your journey into this like business space. Cause dude, how sick is it? Like our jobs, <laughs> we yeah. get to encourage men to be better husbands and fathers. Yeah. I can't believe that sometimes I, we write content, we shoot videos and guys are like, Oh, maybe I should change. And then generations can be changed through that. We are so fortunate. And yet I just started writing and posting on Instagram. Yeah. And now this is the thing it is. And like, how did it start for you? Was this like always the goal? Or were you just like, oh, dude, Alpha Dad is so funny. Like, what was your transition from job into this? And how can guys maybe get some lessons along the way? Yeah. So, uh, man, we had kids really young. I was still in college. Uh, we were married, uh, got married during my senior year of college. We got pregnant immediately and I didn't even have a job. And so I immediately after I graduated, like I got a job that was kind of like offered to me. It was safe. It had benefits. I was working at a great gym and it was just like, I just did it because I needed to make money for my family. And I just, for like six or seven years, I just had this burning desire to do something on my own, but I kept kind of swallowing it because I was like, provide for your family, provide for your family. Like this is it. And I just, the numbers didn't work out. And then finally one day, man, I was just like, I told my wife, just a lot of stuff was happening at work. And I was working every evening, every weekend. And I told her, I was like, I'm done. And she was like, what? And I said, I, I, I can't do it anymore. I was like, I, I've got to like, I got to at least try. And she was like, let's do it. And she didn't even blink full support. And like, I turned in and uh, I gave like a six week notice just to make sure I replaced myself and everything. But then just no looking back since then, man. Man. And so how long, that was 15 months ago? About, yeah, about 18 did, months ago. Did you have any of this Instagram before you like made the leap or were you just like all in from zero? Man, I had like a pretty decent following. It wasn't like huge, but it really started growing once I started putting more effort into it. And that's like anybody who's doing a side hustle. You hear this a lot. It's like a side hustle will remain a side hustle until you put in like a hundred percent effort. Yeah, exactly. Man, that's so important. I think because guys are like, well, when it works, like I'll go in. It's like, well, actually I've always had to take risks. Yep. And like, what was the thought process around that? Cause like wife's on board. I'm very blessed with the same sort of thing. She's always been like, I trust you. Yep. Like, okay. Well, I'm glad that somebody does, uh, because this is pretty risky, but like, what was that conversation like, or that thought process between like, this could literally go nowhere and then what, what was your yep. thinking about all that, man? So we were fortunate that we had kept our expenses low. And so I knew like, just like looking at it, man, you, there's jobs out there everywhere. And that's what we talked about. I was like, I could get a job like tomorrow if I needed to, like if I reached out to somebody, cause I, I have a good reputation, like in the fitness industry, especially like locally in central Arkansas, man, I've had several good, like when people knew I was on the market, I was getting lots of job offers. Right. And so we just kind of knew, man, like we can live lean and, and I can hustle. And for anybody listening, like before you make the switch, one mistake I did make Kurt is I didn't really like put it all down on paper. I was just, I have full faith in myself, probably too much faith in myself that I was just like, I'll just figure it out as I go. And so I jumped out of the plane without a parachute and decided to figure out how to fly on the way down. Do crunch the numbers. Like get, I'm not an Excel spreadsheet type person. Get an Excel spreadsheet and crunch the numbers before you just jump ship. Um, but man, it like just the learning that I've, I've experienced in doing my own thing has been like uh, invaluable. And are you doing the same thing that you set out to do from the start or has the business model changed at all? Man, it's changed a little bit. 
Um, initially, man, I knew like I was getting a lot of like social media collaborations and stuff like that. And I, I honestly initially thought I was going to make a full-time income just doing that. And this is where it comes in having a wise wife. I was doing all this and like looking for collaborations. And my wife was like, I feel like you're, you still just have a job and you're not building something for yourself. And I was like, whoa, she was like, you need to quit building it for other people and, and build your own thing. Yeah. And so I'm still using that as part of my income, right? Like collaborations, but I'm being a lot more selective. And that's when I really went all in, like on my website and building like the workout subscription. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the things that's so interesting to me as well. So like the, the reason that I'm touching on this is because for anyone listening, they're like, well, like I've got to have this exact thing planned out for three or four years before I can like make the leap. For me, I did that for a long time. Like I've been working for myself for like 11 or 12 years now, but this thing, dad work, this was the first one I went in kind of like you with no spreadsheet. I was like, I'm going to figure this one out because yep. it's such like a heart thing for me. It's like this soul thing. I'm going to do it no matter what. Yep. And maybe I'll get a job if it doesn't work, but like it's going to work. But the thing is, man, like uh, I'm the same sort of timeline, like 18 months in, I could never have imagined that the opportunities that presented themselves to me now could have even existed when I started. And so I just started and I tried like 10 different things and I did like men's groups and courses and advertising and this and that and this and that. And now we're doing something completely different, but I would never have got here until I started. And yep. that's like, have you always been a fast start like that? Is there anything you need to like pump yourself up? You're just like all in all the time. Bro, I, I'm like all gas, no brakes. Like, and it's, <laughs> it's cool. dangerous. I yeah, think it it's, probably, it's more of a good thing than a bad thing. Because I, I talk about this, like one of the first articles, it's funny that you said that, that I wrote on my blog post. It was like, dude, I didn't like, I just got on and Googled like, um, like best web host. And it was like the first one I saw, I was like, okay, you know, I spent like $500 like on the spot to set up my website. Yeah. And then I just immediately, like I set up my own website. It was garbage. And my first article was just start. And, you know, I remember one of the quotes in the article was like, man, I just couldn't stand the thought of being like 84 and being like, man, what if, mm. you know? Yeah. It'd almost be easier, like, in, if I try and fail, like, I'll at least know. Yeah. Dude, oh, that is like, oh, it's so cliche, and yet I want to punch people yeah. who don't get that. And yeah. no offense, you know, don't cancel me for a deuce. <laughs> but, um, like, dude, this is the thing. Regret. Regret should be the most powerful motivator. I made a post on this the other day. Because you're going to die, bro. Like, do you realize that as a listener? You're going to die. And so what are you waiting for? You're just holding on to hope that if you just like don't look at reality, you're not going to die. Like, bro, you get this one life. And so if you realize that you have to pay attention to the fact you're going to die, you will make those risks because at the end of your life, when you're 84, you look back, you're like, oh, thank God I did nothing. And yes. what? Bro, your wife and your kids are waiting for you. You're the foundation and you're not going to do anything. Are you kidding me? And I think it also like, goes into distraction and not seeing that, you know, there's more to this life than what you see and being distracted and like social media, you got to actually face God when you realize you're going to die. So anyway, that's a, a long way to say, do things that make you never have regrets. Because yeah. I'm sure you don't regret making the choice. I'm sure you don't regret the days in the gym. Like you're just taking action is like, that's it. For yeah. me, at least, is that, is that like a basic thing for you? Just take action. 100%. And I've heard it from like so many different guys who I see excelling and people say it different ways. Um, imperfect action. And I hear messy action. Ooh, it's goodness. like, man, like 
me- like messy action is better than no action. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. and so many people, they have this like beautiful, wonderful plan on the shelf that would work very, very well, but it just like sits there on the shelf doing nothing with it. And then you guys got guys like me and like you who are just like, just kicking doors down and it may not be perfect, but man, it, there's a beautiful part. Like you can only learn so much through reading like textbooks. Right. And I've heard this a lot lately. Like, the big thing used to be like listening to podcasts and like read books. Both are very important, but eventually you have to use that information that you learned in the book and the podcast and do something with it. Exactly, man. And this is like, this gets into a little bit of the fitness thing and and more than just fitness, but there's a lot of guys who just like don't move. Or they'll move for two weeks and then fall back. And those might actually be two different problems. But I wonder with you working with guys on this, because guys listening, it's not just fitness. We've had a lot of fitness guys on. So you're probably like, okay, I know kind of what to do. But if you're still listening to this and you're not jacked yet, like, okay, we're going to have another opportunity with Ben here to tell us what to do. But when it comes to guys not committing and you're like, I've literally laid out the plan for you. Have you found there to be anything that like mostly gets in the way mindset wise? Do you, do you, have you worked with guys where you're able to kick them off the X so they get moving? Man, it's tough. And I think there's like a certain like hump you get over after you do it for so long. Like I've even noticed like with my workout subscription, it's like when people will cancel after like two weeks mm. and I'm like, what were you expecting? Like, and so I've had to talk on this a lot lately. It's like the program doesn't do it for you. Like a kindergartner could probably write you a workout program. And if you followed it, you would see better success than doing nothing. Right. And so I think a lot of people, man, people want fast money and instant gratification and it ain't going to happen. And I don't care like what app you follow, like what workout program you follow, or even if you're like following like financial advice at the end of the day, it's up to you and you have to do the work. And, uh, man, the people that I found that have seen success are just the ones that keep showing up consistently. And it, it takes a long time, man. Like, cause people like, it always gets on my nerves, like with people like who are pretty fit and people will be like, must be nice. But they, they miss <laughs> yeah. the fact that I've been doing this since I was 13 years old. Right. Okay. That, that was going to be another one of the questions. I want to get there in a sec, but like, what about those guys who cancel after two weeks? Cause there's a couple of guys I've been talking to as well, which is like, man, I do it. And I like, I know I'm going to get the results for two weeks. And then I'm like, ah, oh, that's, that's like good enough for me. And I'm just going to like go back to it. And there's usually something that they want from eating or like being lazy or whatever. Um, have you talked to these people who are canceling two weeks in and yeah. have, have any of them like sorted it out in the minds or is it just like you got it or you don't? Man, so this is an area that I struggle. I naturally, I'm passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. Like naturally, I don't want conflict until I do. And when I do, it's not good because I bottle it up. But all that to get to, I used to just be like, I would message them. I'd have like deep conversations with these guys about their goals and stuff and they cancel. And the plan's there, man. All you have to do is do it. And so I used to just be like, hey, you know, sorry to see you go. Thanks for signing up. You know, best of luck kind of deal. I'll get this canceled for you. <laughs> but now I've started just messing. I'm like, what's the plan, man? Like, what, what are you going to do tomorrow? Like, are you just going to quit? Or like, do you have a backup plan? And if somebody messaged me and is like, hey, man, honestly, I found a program that I like better. I'm like, let's shake hands. Like, thanks for giving it a try. Yeah. But I know most of the time it's people that were just looking I don't know what they were expecting, like it, it to like do the work for them. Uh, and so now I just mess them like, Hey man, what's the plan? Like, what do you like? What's the workout plan for tomorrow? Yeah, that, that is, 
<laughs> I've tried to do that myself as well. It's so hard for me because I'm the same sort of thing. Like, let's not do the conflict thing. But at the end of the day, as a coach, what is it serving the person who's unwilling to look at the truth? You're being a quitter. And what are you going to get from that comfort? Like for, for what? You're comfortable and your wife and kids come before, come after you in that thing because that's a selfish motivation. That's a selfish mindset. And so when I see guys like that, I'm always also trying now, just like you, probably the same timeline, like, okay, buddy, but like, what are you going to do then? Because you have to face the reality that if you're not doing the thing, that's your fault. And you can't blame anyone. And that blame piece, man, like I, maybe it's the same in fitness as like what I'm doing. But if you have someone to blame, you're always going to be like, oh yeah, but I, it wasn't my fault. I tried for two weeks and then dude, I opened the app and it, it like took three seconds to load. So I didn't go to the gym. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what? And so you got to get over that, man. Like you have to just put results out of your head in yep. everything. That's why I tell my guys, okay, you're in the program. You're going to get results in like two or three months, but you're not looking for a year. How do we cultivate that, man? Like that, it has to be like that in fitness too. And I know I'm guilty of it, but yeah. like, what, how do you, how do you get a guy to do that? Boy, it's tough. And I think there's parallels, dude, because you see it with, with everything like program hopping because they're looking for it to do the work for them. Yes. Wife hopping when yes. they're not happy with their marriage. And so they think another one's going to make them happy. Yes. And same thing with cars and with houses, man. You just got to find what works and you stick with it. Yeah. And, and in that you're looking externally yeah. for for validation. Workout plan, you want to feel good about it. Wife, ah, oh, she had this. It's always you. Like that's what I believe at least. <laughs> like no, does that you, ring true? 100%. You're you're 100% right. Dude. We're looking to change things externally when it's it's an internal problem. Yeah. And I think when you can find that you got to dig deep and figure out that I love the quote. I, I try not to post it too much. But it's like whatever you're going through in your life is probably your fault. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's dude. That's a way better way. I I stole this from Tim Ferriss, who said, "How are you complicit in creating the conditions you find yourself in?" And it's the same sort of thing. It's your fault, man. Yeah. Like it is. If your wife is, oh, my wife's crazy, dude. You picked her. Your fault. You know, like oh my my I don't have enough money to you know do the thing that we want to do and live in the house we want to do. You chose to live there. You chose to have that job. You chose not to do the risky thing and get a different job, move places. You're always 100% responsible for your life. And if you just got that, man, you'd be amazing. That's what and I'm trying like, to do. What's riskier? It's like living a life of, of, of discontentment or taking the risk and, and like and going for it. Can you imagine living with regrets? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I literally can't, dude. I literally can't because there will come a day, God willing, where I look back on my life from a ripe old age <laughs> and I either say like, man, that was awesome. And I left it all on the table and I look around me, dude, and my family, I've got like a hundred great grandkids. Everyone's like, oh, that old grandpa Kurt, good thing he like put his foot down and did the hard thing. That's what I want other than like, Oh, dude, I was like comfortable for those few years because I didn't look at how fat I was. Um, and now like I have no family. Whoops. How is that not enough to make everyone do everything all the time? Yeah. It's insane. So yep. anyway, um, we just harp on people who aren't making the right choices. <laughs> but guys, if you're listening to this, get fired up. Like there's people out there. Come to me for the family leadership stuff. Come to Ben and get absolutely jacked. Guys squatting like 400 something pounds. Like, dude, it's insane. I was watching, <laughs> I was watching your stuff going like, huh, I think I need a home gym. Um, but anyway, let's talk about that now, actually, because I want to know 
fitness wise in luck. You guys, you want to plan? Can you, can you give us like some version of a plan? And what I mean by that is what are some basics? If a guy's like, okay, dude, I'm sick of the dad bod. I do have a reason for this. Therefore, I'm not going to quit after two weeks. What would you give a guy for the first like 90 days to get moving? And then what happens after that? Man. So I have a client I've been meeting with in his home for eight years and it's, he's a physician. He's very busy, um, but he's built it into his schedule and we are very basic. He has like no equipment. He doesn't, his wife doesn't want equipment in the house because they have a very ornate home and she thinks it'll make it ugly. And so we've got like a doorway pull up bar and like body weight exercises. And over the, over the course of eight years, and there's a lesson in there over the course of eight years, this dude has gotten shredded on two days a week and he eats pretty well. Right. And so basically with him, I do a workout style. It's called EMOMS. You probably, I'm sure I wouldn't have been surprised if Jason Kalipa talked about this every minute on the minute. And right. So we've got an hour of time. We do about 10 minutes of warming up, 10 minutes of cool down at the end. The other 40 minutes were basically like on the clock. And so say we have like 20 minutes for this one portion, we'll choose five exercises and you'll do the exercise for 60 seconds switch to the next exercise for 60 seconds and you do so five exercises, four rotations doing 60 seconds on each. And man, if you focus on things like push-ups, split jumps, sit-ups, pull-ups, and even like, I don't love burpees, but I'll throw burpees in there for him just because they get the heart rate up. And man, you pick the really difficult um, body weight exercises and you can get absolutely shredded doing those. And so for guys like, I don't have equipment, I don't have time. If you have 20 minutes and a watch of some sort, you can get incredibly fit. Man. <laughs> but what about my excuses? Right. <laughs> Where do they go? That dude, that's like, and that's the thing too, right? Like that's too easy. Oh, ha ha ha. And like, dude, then try that. Yep. Get incredible at what you just said for 20 to 60 minutes a day. And then when you're like, oh, I love this, like then do more. But yep. let's say like, Okay, so my problem, let's just make it super real. I'm going to get some I'm going to get some coaching out of you, bro, and I'll, you can send me the invoice afterwards. But like like for me, you said you've been doing this since you're 13. Is that like yep. pretty serious? Yep. You're serious the whole way. Okay. Yep. And when I see this kind of stuff, I also fall into the short-term mindset. I'm like, okay, uh I think if I just do like a hypertrophy program for like 6 months, like why aren't I just like built now? I should be able to do this and that throws me off and so I get discouraged and I go to change it. Now, for me, there's been some interesting things, maybe some health things, maybe some whatever, waiting some yep. blood tests. So I've tried to really optimize hormones right now. Yep. I've heard of things like sprints, and I've seen you sprint before, so I'm curious about that. Uh, heard of things, obviously, like lifting heavy, which is where I'm going right now. But when it comes to the suite of like, let's say there's an average dude, mostly works out three to five days a week, mostly eats well, how is he going to maximize his potential by like, for example, I don't sprint. Is that something I need to add? Like, am, am I supposed to lift heavy every day? Like for me, more of an average dude uh, who has been lifting a little bit and is decently fit, how am I going to go to like the neighborhood alpha dad and uh, actually get the most out of this? Yeah, dude. So a couple of things you said there. One, I think sprinting is like single-handedly the most underrated, underutilized exercise in existence. No kidding. Bro, I'm just telling you. So I kind of got lazy for a while. Kurt, and I hadn't, I hadn't sprinted in a while. And I, I was a pretty solid sprinter in high school and I sprinted all through college as well. Um, so I did like probably like six months. I hadn't sprinted seriously and I work out hard all the time. It's almost to the point. Sometimes I don't get as sore just cause I'm well-trained. 
And so I went back out to sprint. I did a very simple workout. I warmed up. I did 10 100 meter sprints after I warmed up good and then some sled pulls. And dude, I was so sore the next day. Uh, like inner thighs, my abs, my obliques, everything. It's just a different beast of an exercise. Um, I will throw this out there. If you've never sprinted or you haven't sprinted in a long time, it's a great way to get injured if you don't like warm up properly and if you don't ease into it. But man, it's so you get the anti-rotation because you're having to stabilize your shoulders and a sprint would be like equivalent to like a heavy lift, right? You get more resistance. You're tearing the muscles down more. So you get more benefit from that later on versus just jogging. Man. Okay. So I like, I want to go sprint right now yep. <laughs> because of that. Um, and I, you know what? I think I've seen you have like warm ups for sprinting on your Instagram, yeah. right? Okay. Yep. So do that. And then sprint, like I got the school field right here. So before, you know, when I get back from the gym, I could just do that. Is that something that you do like just twice a week or is it like a daily sort of thing? I do it once per week. Once um, per week. Dang. And I base that primarily um, just because you can't do it all. You know, you literally can't. It, and it's hard if you're going to train seriously, like weights. It's also difficult if you want time with your family to be like a full-time runner as well. And there's a guy named Mark Sisson. Uh, he had the mm-hmm. primal blueprint. And he was big on, I don't know wh- how, where he got this number. And I don't agree with all of the paleolithic uh, theories and everything, but it was like, he had a theory. It was like every 10 days, if you have to sprint. And so his theory was like, you used to have to sprint to get your food, right? Like in a hunt and things like that. And they would have to do that like once every 10 days or so. And so that's where he bases it. Um, no idea if there's any um, merit to that, but it's worked for me. And I've noticed a difference like in my physique just from doing it once a week. Dang. Man. Okay. Well, like, so 10 hundred meters, do you switch it up? Do you like do, you know, shorter, longer sometimes, or I I want specifics. (laughs) Typically it's going to land in, I'm going to say 40 yards. I know, uh, Canada probably doesn't use yards, but in America, you know, football, we do same thing. Meters. So anywhere from 40 yards to like 200 meters is where I feel like the sweet spot is. And I do mix it up. 100 meters is my favorite just because that was my event, like in college. Right. And I feel like it's a very manageable distance for most people. Um, I think a lot of guys haven't ran enough to fully understand like that 40 yards, how to run it and how fast you have to run it to get Mm -hmm. the benefit of it. And I feel like a hundred meters is just long enough for it to be challenging, even if you're not running that fast. Okay. And so intensity comes into it too, because like, man, we've talked a lot about consistency over the last number of months on the podcast in terms of like the fitness guys are coming on doing hard things, discipline, consistency. One thing though, that's never been like touched on, I don't think, and that I have just noticed a few times, um, there's a guy in the podcast, Ash the Can Man, who I had on, and he's uh, programming with one of my friends, and he's talking about intensity a lot. Yeah. And like, I'm looking at what I'm doing, and I'm like specifically trying to do a, like the the five three one right? Like yeah. I'm just doing a, a five three one, getting stronger, and it's literally the easiest way I've ever found to like gain strength, but... It's very non-intense for me. And so I'm always curious, where does the intensity come into the workout and how much am I leaving on the table not being intense? Because something in me thinks that's probably one of the answers for me personally. But I've I've heard you, I think, talk about intensity either on your Instagram or sprinting or something. So can you talk to me about like how to fit that into a regular workout plan? 100%. Um, So like with like hypertrophy and like to grow for those that know like uh, hypertrophy is muscle growth, right? Um, I think you have to push it to the point of like almost failure on some lifts. 
I think guys, some guys get in the habit of just going in there and you just crush every single lift. And that's a great way to get hurt. Um, but like with the five, three, one, uh, for those of you who don't know, like the Wendler five, three, one, awesome strength program where the magic happens with that one. Like when you're doing your last set of say like bench press, are you going for broke on the final set? No, I'm just trying to get that last or trying to get to the number. Okay. So where it, it gets lost in translation somewhere on that program, but I heard Jim Wendler talking about it once and like where the magic happens on that one, the last set is always, so if you have three sets of five that day, yeah. the last set is five plus. Oh man, I saw you post something about that. Like 12, uh, the last rep or last set going for broke. Yes. Oh dude. And so like when you're doing the Wendler five, three, one, always assume, even if it's not written that the last set you go to failure. So like, say like you have your last set is 90%, three reps of bench press. Your goal on that set is to do as many as you can. And it may only be four at 90%. And that, and what some days it might be three, but you never leave one in the tank on the last set. That's beautiful. Okay. That's awesome. And then now what about like the accessory list? Cause I'm just doing like the basics. I'm doing yep. the boring, but big. So I've got five sets of 10 on the lighter ones just to get that volume in. Yep. But for things like, you know, doing some bent over rows, doing some things like that, should I just be like crushing it, supersetting that? Or is that a place to find intensity as well? So what I've started doing, man, I've learned this from the bodybuilding community and like, uh, my goal right now is to get bigger. I've always been a, a sprinter. I did CrossFit for a while. And so it was, it was always a performance thing. It was never a physique thing. And as I've been trying to gain a little bit of size, what I've learned that I've been doing wrong, I, I was kind of like you, I was always just finish the set, do what's prescribed and then I'm done. And that was the goal when you're going for performance, when you're going for, for hypertrophy, getting bigger, it changes a little bit. So always on the last set of every exercise, I try to leave no more than like two reps in the tank. Like you can't go to fate where you get in trouble is when you go to failure to the point when you're like, ah, like, you know, cranking your back and like losing form. But it's like you take it each final set of each exercise to the point where, you know, you could maybe only do one or two more reps. And so that goes for like lateral raises, bicep curls, leg extensions, whatever you're doing on your final set, you take it almost to failure. Let's go, dude. I, I've already been in the gym and I want to go back just because it's <laughs> me up so much. Like, okay, this is what I'm missing. Let's go. Yeah. And yet I know it's going to be a long process because that's what I think too, right? Like I, um, you know, going through this super big cut, I was down to like 176 and I'm six foot four. That was real yeah. tiny, like yeah. real tiny. And that shows that I don't have a lot of like the muscle mass underneath that, I think. So yeah. I'm actively trying to build that up now and, you know, whatever. But I was... I was noticing that like I just wasn't able to push quite as hard when I was that low and I wasn't quite able to do um, like that last rep in the tank, so to speak. Um, but yeah, man, this is like, it's changing my my mindset here. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, dude, let's uh, go. But like, what about, okay, nutrition? Yep. Oh man, and like, here's the thing, guys. Yeah, everyone's got their own examples, but like specifically for you as the neighborhood alpha dad, like very well earned, uh, what are you doing to both fit that in your schedule, but also not just be like, oh, I'm a busy dad, I'm going to eat whatever I want. Like there's this nuance, I imagine, that you're doing because I'm really anal and I don't mind tracking my food, but where do you fall on that spectrum? Um, So I got to ask you a question first. Do you follow Zach Strength on Twitter? No. He's a great follow. He's really okay. funny. He's like in like the carnivore diet. So you may not agree with his full belief system, but he basically like, he eats like meat, avocados, like raw dairy products. 
um, and like a little bit of vegetables and stuff here and there, but no like refined carbohydrates. But he's a dad and I saw him post the other day and he said, I keep seeing dads say that it's hard to eat healthy because of what their kids eat. And he was like, have you thought about that? Dude. That you're feeding your kids garbage and you're like, oh, I can't get fit because of what I'm feeding my kids. Yeah, dude. And he was like, that doesn't even make sense because one, you're giving your kids unhealthy things. And number two, I tell people this all the time. They're like, my kids won't eat that. I'll be like, in my house, I'm in charge. (laughs) (laughs) That's shit. Burn. (laughs) Let's go. I love that, dude. This is so funny that you're saying this because literally last week I was on Instagram. I was doing the stories, see what's going on. And I was like, bro, like what's in your cupboard? Why are you showing people this? Like you're showing that you care more about you and the physical results than the health of your family. Yep. And no judgment because like, whatever, man, like do whatever you're going to do. But for me, it's very much like that. We're going to eat good food. Yep. And if you don't like it, then too bad. Yeah. Right. And that's it. So like my kids don't even know. Sometimes they're like, oh, what was it the other day? Like, uh, it was the equivalent of like, what's a freezy? Yeah. Like, Bro, what do you like? Yes. Like I have one because they don't even know what that looks like. But anyway, whole foods, probably meat, probably like that sounds great for me. Is that just you put good food in your house and you can't really go wrong? Yeah, 100%. And for the record, anybody listening, like we live a little every once in a while, like my kids love pizza, but it's just not like an everyday thing. It's like a once a month thing. You know what I'm saying? I think it's like you make those things fun and like you tell them like, this isn't how we normally eat. It's not necessarily good for us. And that's why we put it in extreme moderation. But like, it's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We know meat is great, um, especially from good sources, um, vegetables, nuts, seeds, things like that. And it's hard to break that system. And so I have like a 14 day challenge that I have people go through. And the goal of the challenge, because I get annoyed with people, like when they do a challenge and they learn nothing from it and then just go back to their normal habits. Yeah. Um, so I try to keep it real simple, like things that you can continue doing forever, but it's aiming for one gram of protein per pound of body weight every single day, three servings of vegetables and three liters of water. It's a, a very simple formula. And if you eat that much protein and drink that much water, you, you're so satiated and full. It's hard to leave room to eat garbage. Yeah, man, that's so simple. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like... What do you mean? That's another one of those things, which is we've complicated all of this. Yeah. Like just, I think that so many problems, not even physical problems, but like emotional problems come from the fact that we don't treat our bodies like they're human bodies. Be like, I have BB pro or whatever, right? Like it just needs to be decently cut and healthy and fit. But like, do you know how good you can feel that would allow you to be better for your wife and kids that would allow you to be more productive at work? Like all of this stuff, the health stuff, yeah, it looks awesome. But at the end of the day, dude, how much better can you serve your wife and your kids now? Like it's so much different. Do you see that with your with your clients? They're like, hey, I'm Jack, but I totally didn't even realize that I'm now a better man. <laughs> you definitely see it, dude. And then also it's like when you're putting yourself, you know, like they always say, like, you know, put yourself in the right room, right? And like iron sharpens iron and stuff like that. And when you're around guys like that, you see it lived out. You know, when, when you're hanging out with guys and like, not to say that we shouldn't invest in other men who need our help, we should. 
but like the people that we spend time with when you're around people who are pursuing fitness, bettering their finances and having a great relationship with their wife and their kids, like it, it bleeds into you. And so I think, I think that's why it's important to get yourself around those type of guys, because I, I do see it all the time when, when you're striving for something. And I love what you said. It's not about like a certain body fat percentage or, you know, Wayne, I get crap all the time online from guys who are like, if you don't weigh over 200 pounds, you can't call yourself the alpha dad. And so my response is usually, can you lift more than me? And <laughs> nine out of 10 times, the answer is no. So with that being said, I mentioned this recently on a podcast. I think it's all about striving. And I think your kids see it and respect it. When, you know, you may like, look at David Goggins, man. If you look at him, he doesn't have the body of like a Greek God. He's obviously like very, very fit, like incredibly fit, but he doesn't like look a certain way, but he's an alpha 100%, no doubt about that. So it's not always in 100% the way you look. I think your kids see it when you're striving for greatness in every aspect of your life and that bleeds into them and it, and it bleeds into every other aspect. Yeah. And, and can you maybe talk briefly about like the idea of feeling strong and how that bleeds into things, because there was a long time where, um, you know, I was going through to look good, but I didn't feel strong. And yep. even though I was like, anyone looking at me is going to be like, dude, that dude is like, just like, dude, veins everywhere, like just amazing abs for days, ab veins, like veins on my veins. It was awesome. It felt awesome, but I literally didn't feel strong. Yep. And that like, there was this weird thing inside of me that was like, oh, I don't know if this is really right, man. Um, but when you feel strong, that's what I'm going for now. Is that like, have you found that to be an important part of this rather than just like look and cut? Big time. And because you'll notice, like if you ever look at bodybuilders when they're on stage, when they've made it to their final competition, they're weak. And like any of us could go up there and beat them in a fist fight because they're so, they're depleted, right? And so it's like, there's a certain look that you can achieve where performance is no longer an option. And so I think it's like, we kind of have to weigh the pros and the cons of like, how good do I want to look, but also how well do I want to perform? And if I had to choose, I'm going to choose performance all day long. Yeah. That, that's been a tough thing for me and my process of like ego. Yeah, Because for me, dude, it's been like perfectionism has been my thing. And I like, I had a thing with my hair and like people still comment on the hair because it's very important to me to look a certain way. But dude, it used to be like just like a helmet, like yep. so much pomade. It was not moving all day long. And I had a coach one time, bless him. He was like, okay, hold on. Can you just like go like this to your hair? I was like, no, of course not. And I was so into the way I looked, including with fitness, that it's taken me some work to be like, dude, if, if the guy down the street doesn't necessarily know that I'm yoked, but I can like beat him up sort of thing. And of course I'm not going around fighting dads, but you know, my dad's yep. tougher yeah. than yours. Let's bring that back. Let's bring bullying back in the sense of like, my dad could beat up your dad yes. and make it true. Like yep. that, that should be a thing, but it doesn't matter if the other guys are going to look for that. But I was literally me. I was focused on other people's like perception of me being fit. Yep. And that's such a trap, man. And just feeling fit internally. And this goes for everything, right? The identity piece it's like, dude, your value is in you and it has to stay that way. And that's been a hard lesson for me. Have you ever dealt with that or have you always been pretty solid in like who you are? Man, so I've always wanted to be bigger and it's always bothered me because I always got the comments like in high school, especially like I was a good football player. I was typically the strongest on the football team and I was like 155 pounds. 
at the time, I just always wanted to be bigger. And people always said things like, man, you're really strong for a little guy. Uh And I always hated that. But you got to think about the perspective of being, being underrated is bro. That's the life hack. Like I love, I, I learned to love being underrated. I was in a CrossFit competition once and you're all supposed to face a certain way. And we're doing this workout called grace. It's where you do 30 clean and jerks for time with 135 pounds, super fast workout. And there's this dude that was huge next to me. We're all supposed to be facing the timer. And I remember he turned around and faced the guy behind him because he felt like he was more competition than me. And so I had finished the workout and was sitting down and then he finished and started celebrating because he thought he had won because he was looking at the dude behind him. Oh man. And then I remember he turned around and I was just kind of like, Hey, (laughs) so man, it's a tool, man. Use it, be underrated and that's okay. Mm, I love that. That's it's like a, it's like a sleeper. I had some friends in like high school or whatever who were building sleeper cars and they're like, Oh man, you never know, but there's like 8,000 horsepower in here. And I love that. Because again, it's like, it's really putting that money where your mouth is in terms of identity. Like, yeah, you could think literally anything about me and I'm going to win when it counts. Yeah. And I don't even need the competition, but like, you know, we're men and I, I like competition myself. So if I have to find that, then yeah, man, if I go around with like, what do they call them? I, I have this, I have a secret Instagram account, by the way, nobody knows about this. It's a, <laughs> it's a fitness account for Christian men to encourage them to be strong so that they're less tempted by the flesh. Let's anyway, go. I had this thing where I'm going to put like merch out and someone's like, oh, I want a pump cover. And I was like, what is a pump cover? And apparently it's like a big a hoodie or something yep. to sh- like not show that you're actually jacked. So you take it off of the gym and everyone's like, oh, snap. So like yep. that's, that's I love that, dude. And I love seeing that as a superpower rather than something to be like, oh, I'm just going to like hide for a while. Just knowing that internal power, very, very important for, for me. So I'm going to, there's just a couple of mindset things that have already landed for me. So I appreciate this, man. Yeah, um, but But let's talk about... Let's talk about the the recent post. You said uh, something about like reading the Bible every day and barbell training will fix 99% of your problems. Like, let's go there, dude, because I agree full heartedly or wholeheartedly. And I'm curious, like your habit stack, the way the faith plays in all this. Like if you just do the simple things and be a human, you'll probably win. Do you want to just riff on that for a bit? Man. So I lot it's, I got, I made people, some people mad. Um, I think I, <laughs> I made the mistake early on of trying to please everybody. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're somebody out there who's trying to make good content, it actually ends up getting better when you ruffle some feathers. Oh yeah. Even, I mean, think about Joe Rogan, man. He ruffles feathers for a living and he has the biggest podcast of all time. Yeah. So with that being said, man, I, I don't be scared to put your faith out there And even if you upset some people, because two things are going to happen. And this is what I learned really quickly just over the last couple of weeks is, is one, oh man, I hate to say this way. You're going to weed out some people that you don't want and you'll change those that you can. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my goal, I may only help, you know, one out of 10 people and I might, you know, lose nine, nine out of 10 followers, but that's okay if I help the one. Oh yeah. And that's important. Yep. So man, for me daily, um, it's just like working out for me. Like every morning I made a rule a while back that I can't do any work on my phone until I've done my Bible study for the day. I do a thing called soap. Um, so it's like whatever passage I'm reading that day, it's an acronym. Soap is for scripture. I write down my scripture. O is the observation. I write down an observation about the verse that I chose a the application, how I'm going to apply it to my life and P prayer. And then I pray over it. 
Mm, that's amazing. So that's a daily morning thing before anything else. Every day, dude. And I, I don't miss. Man. Okay. So what does your morning look like then? This is, I love this stuff, man. Let's go. <laughs> so before my kids get up is the most productive hour of my day. Yep. And so I get up at 440 and 440 to 540 is, is awesome. So I, I do my Bible study first. And then I know a lot of people say you're not supposed to be on your phone for like the first hour of the day. Um, so step one actually is I do my morning chug. So I drink eight ounces of water. I make my coffee. I go to the couch. I read my Bible. And then I immediately start working after I get done with the Bible. <laughs> Alex Hormozzi style. Yeah, dude. Like as soon as I read the Bible, man, I drink my coffee and I start working on some content for the day. So like I, I do my own content. I help a few other clients with their content and I just hammer it until 540. And then I'm typically going to a client's house. I have like five personal training clients that I hung on to that I just like. Um, and it's good money. And I do that every morning of the week, Monday through Friday. Oh, dang. That's interesting. So when are you doing the workouts and when are you doing like the other stuff that builds up the family? What does your day look like then? Yeah, bro. I have a very weird day, but that's the beauty of having your own business. Yes. So I go work, I go to a client's house. I train them. Um, I I usually eat breakfast on the way to their house and it's something like, uh, I'll eat like, uh, overnight oats or something like that. So I have carbs for the workout and I go train somebody. I come home, I take the kids to school. And then after I take the kids to school, um, that's when I work out. It's typically like 8 a.m. Oh man, all that happens early, eh? That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so what's your day look like now then? So you're you're making content first thing in the morning. Yep. Are you like planning reels? Are you writing? Uh, and then what is the rest? Of, like, what do you do with the rest of your day? Because I've found, maybe there's some entrepreneurial dads listening to this. Actually, I know there are. Um, like, dude, I would work all day, every day if I could. And that's my problem that I've got to deal with. Does that come naturally to you? Or are you just like, dude, I got like two hours in. I'm good. I can live that content creator lifestyle and just chill with the family all day. Which side are you on? I'm a hard worker, dude. And I I, I don't know. I almost find like it's one thing I can control is my work ethic mm-hmm. and which it, it can be a detriment to men as well. Like guys who are like, you know, like call them like workaholics. And so I, I have I've one thing I've struggled with and and tell this to anybody is that you you quit your job because you're working for someone else and you think you're gonna have this certain type of life and then you find out you work harder <laughs> for yourself <laughs> than you did for someone else. Yeah. And so I, I had to work through that with my wife. She was like, Hey man, you know, used to when you'd come home from work, you were done with work and you wouldn't think about it. Now it's like six thirty at night. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes I'll find an excuse to like slip back into the office and work a little bit. So you definitely have to find that balance and where you don't lose time with your family, you know, for selfish ambition. Yeah. Well, how are you doing that? Cause I know it's new. So like, maybe you don't have it figured out and that's totally cool. But yep. are there things that you've done? That's like five o'clock, like I'm putting this away and I literally will not take it up again. Does anything work? Y- yeah. Just like, um, being true to what I tell my wife and, you know, having Make your had, yes, yes. And your no, no. Imagine that. Yeah, dude, we, we've had tough conversations about it and I'm still not perfect, right? I mess up all the time Yeah, and she'll be the first to tell Me you too. that. Um, actually she wouldn't cause we're, we're pretty big on, we'll have tough conversations behind closed doors, but like in public, it is always a unified front. Dude. And she, <laughs> so good. That is so quick interlude, Natalie, my wife, she's, she's likely going to lead like a group of the women, the yep. wives of the men in my group, which yep. I think is going to be in, like a game changer cool. for them to get that. But she's like rule number one, you do not bad talk your husband. Yep. Like that's rule number one. And I love hearing that from you because that should be everyone's rule. I think 
to create that unified front. And just remember, dude, like you're listening to this podcast to become a better husband. That means that you're in a good marriage, not that you are just a good man on an island. So like be together and work together and do that together. Anyway, interrupted you. Thank you uh, for (laughs) for letting that happen. Uh, Anyway, have the hard conversations. Just be honest. And anything else that works for like leaving work at work? Man, um, working really hard in the times that are designated for work. Um, that's when it's dangerous being like in any type of social media game because it's really easy to get distracted oh, and you waste 30 minutes when you're supposed to be working. When I'm focused, like it's incredible when you don't have like a nine to five, how much you can get done in like two hours. Yeah. Like I can honestly probably get what a normal person would get at like an office job, like in eight hours, I can probably get that done in two hours. And so just being diligent and holding myself accountable to be like during these two hours, like I am working. So like after I work out, I shower and like, man, from like 10 AM to like noon, I just hammer it. And I know the more I get done then, like the more, the less I would have to do in the evening. And so really my goal, it doesn't always work is to be done when the kids get home from school Mm, at like three o'clock. And there's like, I mean, there's evenings and I'm just open with that about my wife. I'm like, Hey man, not happening today. And then it's like that five o'clock shut off. And I still like, I'm like, Hey man, this is most people still commute home and get home at like six o'clock, you know? Yeah. But man, during the day when there are those work hours, like not being, not screwing around and actually being like diligent, intense, focused work. Yeah. And finding out what those things are, because for me, I love to go to like a a coffee shop once in a while and I don't do it enough because there are limits then I have to get the job done in the two hours or whatever. I'm going to be there and you just smash it. But if yep. I'm at home, I start looking for problems. What's next? What's next? Anyway, I know we're at the top of the hour we're going to talk to. So I want to keep you respectful of that. Where can people find out how to become more of the neighborhood alpha dad and everything you're doing? Man, Ben Barker Fitness, just about everywhere. It's my Instagram, my podcast, my TikTok, Twitter, just about everything. Sweet. Bro, thank you for this. This has fired me up so much. I, man, I got to get one of those shirts too, by the ah, way. Let's go. Hey, man. <laughs> it, it was awesome to connect, man. You've been an encouragement to me as well. Oh, dude, love to hear that. Thank you, brother. Appreciate this. And uh, guys, all the show notes, dad.work slash podcast. You'll find links for Ben there as well. All right, man. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Dad Work Podcast. That's it for this episode. But if you would like to stay in touch between weekly episodes, why don't you go over to Instagram and follow me there? Because I drop a number of things throughout the week that are related to what we talk about on this podcast, but usually go a little bit deeper provide some tips, you can find me on Instagram at dadwork.curt. That's D-A-D-W-O-R-K dot C-U-R-T. And please, if you have been getting something out of this podcast, if it has touched you, if it has improved your marriage, your parenting, or your life, would you please leave a quick review on Apple or Spotify? Leave a rating. If you have a few extra seconds, leave a quick review. That's the best way that we can get this work in the hands of more fathers. And I truly believe that we change the world one father at a time, because each father that parents better, that loves better, raises children who do the same. And in just a couple of generations, I feel like we could be living in a world much better than the one we live in today. Your review will help along that path. And I thank you so much for being here to listen. Until next week, we'll see you then.